0: Hello everyone who decided to take a journey with me through my past. I'm Hannah Harkness, and this is I Haven't Heard That Name in Years, my lazy attempt at a memoir. Uh, If you don't like self-serving memoirs, then you have come to the wrong podcast. This is uh, a really narcissistic project. The only reason why I'm even cool doing this is because people have been asking me for a memoir literally my entire weird life. Uh, But if you do not want to listen to a memoir, a bunch of interviews of people from my past, I would direct you over to my fake podcast, Kate's Bunker, which is a scripted comedy about a lesbian divorce resulting in one of the partners living in an underground bunker and recording a conspiracy theory podcast. Uh, it's considerably more funny, or I don't know. I get the re- I get the feeling that what's going to happen eventually with this is that the fake podcast is going to sound more real than the real podcast. And I'm into it. Uh, that's that's really just, uh, I like being confusing. And you're going to see as you go through my life uh, that that has been the deal since the literal moment I was born. Uh, just good segue into what this episode is. Uh, so we are going to be recording these interviews out of order, but I'm going to be releasing them in approximate chronological order of when I met the person or if I want that person to represent a certain period of my life. Like, there's a lot of people I met in high school that became more significant to me later in life, so they might not necessarily be in the first break of high school people, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. I'm going to start with my mother, because obviously she was the first person to see me. Uh, she had to carry me for nine months, and even that was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, this is a really great, informative podcast about uh, breech birth, uh, which is uh, me being backwards before I even took my first breath. Uh, I don't know. How to feel about this project, and I'm also uh, currently forty five minutes before I do the first live stream for Kate's bunker. So I feel like I want to. I feel like yeah, I want to. I want to make a timestamp of this moment because you know we're releasing and recording this project, and I'm about to start this live stream that I'm doing for a while. But I I don't know. That's premature, isn't it? You know, like I. My life has had so many moments that felt like timestamps that were very 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 fucking weird but never actually ended up being uh, super significant timestamps if that makes any sense. I don't know, it's like I always thought that like oh this is gonna be the moment that changes everything, but it isn't, but it was in fact an incredibly weird fucking moment, that's for sure. I guess that's what this is going to be, this is just gonna be all of those weird moments uh, and uh, the thing that people have been haranguing me for my whole life, why have people always been haranguing me for a memoir? I don't know. Maybe it's because I read an entire children's encyclopedia series when I was four and I used to watch Jeopardy with my grandma. Maybe I am the daughter of two musicians uh, and have been in jazz clubs since I started forming memories. Uh, Maybe... They're talking about the Black Belt, maybe they're talking about the master's degree in human resources, maybe they're talking about the undergrad in gender studies, or the (laughs) over a decade of participation in a Rocky Horror Picture Show troupe, and then somehow stand-up comedy for 13 years maybe only fifth interesting thing on the list but hey everybody who wanted this thing here you go welcome to i haven't heard that name in years that's actually the best possible way to start this podcast i'm not (laughs) gonna lie i mean it was off the cuff while we were checking the mic but um hey it's me welcome to i haven't heard that name in years uh This is not the first episode we're recording, but it is the first episode we are releasing. So effectively, this is episode one. Um, And the person joining me on uh, Muppets Karaoke to my left is my mother. Hi, Mom. (laughs)
1: Hi
0: Hannah. Hi. Hi, how's it
1: going? It's fine. <laughs>
0: it's going great. I I do want to say that uh, I I, th- I already thought this had started the perfect way by me uh, coming downstairs and mom telling me it was cold down here and I should get a sweater as that's like if I'm gonna interview my mom, that's totally the the most mom thing you can have going in is like uh, telling you need to bring a sweater. So, hey, look at me! I am I am not cold during the podcast interview once again due to your uh, intervention on my lifelong inability to have weather appropriate clothing. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we'll have a story about that later. But first, what I want to do, I just describe like start to finish the events of November fifth, nineteen eighty seven. From oh. your perspective.
1: <clears throat> okay, so for what I can remember, well, I'm, I'm going to start just a little before that. Oh,
0: yeah, no, so, yo, so, you yeah. go for it. Yeah, go for the, that. The you situation
1: know? is that um, you were in breech position for mm-hmm. the entire last trimester mm-hmm. of my pregnancy.
0: Oh, wait, hold on. So it wasn't, sorry, I thought breech babies were always like upside down the whole time. Is it, did I turn I turned around? Well, or?
1: Mm, can well, they, they can't, no, they, well, in the beginning they're small, so they okay. float around and stuff. Oh. And then <laughs> a, they get bigger. <laughs> and then they, then they and get at started. a certain point, they, uh-huh. they are big enough where they get wedged into a certain position.
0: Oh, so I just like.
1: So you, 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 you just ended up with your, you know, breach means that you're either your butt is down or yeah. your feet are down and your head's up. So
0: I just stopped spinning at the wrong place. Yeah, Um, so you
1: stopped and then it was basically the last trimester. It was like having a bowling ball kind of shoved up under your ribs, which was your head and your feet.
0: Oh, inconvenient. Yeah. 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 And
1: because you could feel that right there. And then the feet are down by the bladder, which they like to punt, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's also not fun. Yeah. In any case, there was a lot of uh, talk about their options of uh, trying to get you to, you know, turn around and I didn't want anything done. Like they, they said, well, we could do a thing where they trying to manipulate from the outside, but there's a risk. And I'm like, no, I don't want do do that. to do that. Or? I don't know.
0: I'm, I'm curious how much breach medical care in 1987 is still breach medical care. I don't know if we'll be able well, to figure that out. Well, the
1: main thing happens now is they don't even talk about. Trying to deliver the baby vaginally, they will mm-hmm. just do a C-section, they'll schedule it. Yeah. My doctor was willing to leg like, weight and see what was going to happen, you mm-hmm. know. But anyway, your breach and the problem with the with a breach presentation in the last trimester is that if let's say your water breaks first, which mm-hmm. sometimes happens It didn't actually it didn't happen with you, but it did happen with Walter, whereas water the water broke first. If mm-hmm. the water breaks first and the baby's breach and the feet start to come down, that can be really dangerous. Ooh, because okay. then then that's not great. So the whole last trimester was sort of like because you didn't you didn't want to turn around. Oh, the doctor did say I could try doing this stuff where like put some two by fours up on an, on the end of the sofa, and then lay on the floor with my head down and my feet up, and yeah. that was supposed to help you to turn around.
0: That's the thing. I remember you talking about that and thinking that that was like a kind of thing. I'm like, would they still do that now? No, I, d- I have no, clue, I, no idea. Yeah, I've no And I feel like I remember you telling me that uh, nanny, my grandmother, would uh, tell, uh, would yell at your me to flip around, around in the stomach. Yeah. yeah,
1: she'd like say turn around. Yeah. So, uh, but that you know, it didn't work. So, and you could tell that it wasn't working you were just not going anywhere so mm-hmm. but so then anyway anyways we were just the whole last few weeks I didn't really didn't want to go anywhere out of the house much because I was afraid you know if that scenario happened the water break then it's a big deal anyway so it was home and then started going to labor that morning and had, had what you call back labor which is you don't feel the pain in the front it's in your back mm-hmm. and you know, we knew it was going to be like not not a normal, you know, by the books delivery. That there was a complication already, and then your dad got called to go into work, and he wasn't happy about that either because mm-hmm. he knew I was in labor. But he went into work, and then, um, but he came home, and um, <laughs> we we go to the hospital, and we went in, and my doctor had already told me that if you were there's two kinds of breach. There's frank breach, which means butt first. Mm-hmm. And there's footling breach, which is feet first, and he had already Why told. Why is that?
0: Was well, a butt first called Frank Breach? I have no idea. I
1: said, I "That's what they call that,
0: it." I gotta look that up.
1: <laughs> Who's Frank? Frank. What, what did he <laughs> Frank, yeah, Frank. Apparently, was, he was an ass. Frank was born ass first. <laughs> so whoever that was. So ass first is is Frank Breach and foot first is footling breach. footling uh, breach. So yeah, like that makes sense. Like, <laughs> So anyways, the doctor, Dr. Perry, had, and he was kind of like an old school doctor. He's, he had delivered a lot of frank breech. And frank mm-hmm. breach isn't that bad if a doctor's experienced because it's a big part of the baby comes out and stretches everything out. Everything mm-hmm. else follows. If feet come first, the problem with that, if the feet come first, that's a small part. Oh. And then other things could possibly be stuck. Yeah, like the head could get stuck mm-hmm. in, the, in the pelvis. Yeah, so and they don't like do where's that.
0: the cord in that mix and too. And the cord like, is not yeah. good because the
1: cord can come down and and uh-huh. pro- what they call prolapse, which is. If the cord sl- slips down and then it gets caught between the baby and the pelvis oh. and gets compressed, then you can have brain damage and all kinds of nasties. God. Yeah. So, um, Woo. so- <laughs>
0: Glad you glad you just cut me on out of there. That,
1: so <laughs> that anyways, so we busy. go in and he said, well, you know, when I went in, we didn't know what position when you were in. So he said, well, I'm going to, you know, check things out. So he goes in, checks out. He says, well, her feet are down. And I was upset because I really... Julie was kind of scared about having a C-section. and But to his credit, he didn't even say then. He's like, well, it's still your decision, but, you know, we can try to deliver her. But then if something goes wrong, then it's going to be like a fire drill. We're going to have to rush you into the OR and it's going to mm-hmm. be a big thing. And, yeah. you know, but he was still willing to try to do the delivery just mm-hmm. to see. And we, dad and I talked, he says, I'll leave you alone. We talked about it. I was like, no, no, we're going we're to do the C-section. We don't want to take a chance on anything mm-hmm. crazy happening. So, um, we went in and, um, I think your nanny, I can't remember if your nanny was there or not at the hospital. I think she was, but she wasn't allowed to come in the, in the room with us. And, uh, so she stayed outside and then we went in and, um, you know, they, they, what I remember is they, they kind of tie you down sort of like crucifixion style. Like your arms are out. I'm gesturing now. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Because they don't want you to be able to touch anything. So they they put you down on the table, but then they have your arms out tied down, like arms (sighs) spread out. And they put a sheet between you and your abdomen so you can't see anything, but Uh. you're awake. So, oh, the first thing is, oh, I should back up a minute. So the first thing is they take you in the operating room. And you're pregnant and having contractions. And Uh they're like, well, they have to give you spinal anesthetic. They have to inject the little – in your spine to – you know, so you don't feel anything. Sure. So it's like first thing is lay you on your back like a flounder and Mm -hmm. you're naked. And then they come in and it it felt like there were 25 people in there like guys mopping the floor and shit. Probably not. But, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're just (laughs) laying there. So they lay – you lay you down on the table and they tie your arms down and then it's like – First thing, they take you into the operating room, and they have to give you the spinal anesthetic so mm-hmm. that you can't feel anything because you're going to be awake when they when they cut the baby out. So, so they roll over on your side, and then they're like, okay, pull your knees up close to your chest. And I'm like, I have this huge stomach with a baby in it. And they're like, well, you'll do the best you can. Pull your <laughs> knees up. <laughs> Fine. And then we're – okay, then they show you the – I'm like, we're going to be sticking this big giant needle in your spine. Don't move. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like – I'm having contractions. Well, just wait till after the contraction, and then tell us when to go.
0: You really had to go like go, yeah, because
1: they don't want to do it. They don't want to be in the middle of a contraction because you can't hold still when you have a contraction. Yeah, because you can't hold still. So they said as soon as the contraction's over, we're we're ready. We just go, and then anyway, I've blocked some of this out. So I
0: know, no, I. Okay. I mean, I, I'm going to wait till the end, but I'm genuinely curious. I'm like, which birth was uh, objectively more difficult? Like, I mean they, they
1: were difficult in different ways, different right? ways, yeah, yeah for I sure. Um, so, I think the the reg- Walters was more painful, and yours was scarier. Let's let's put it that way. Oh, all yeah. right. Well,
0: <laughs> pain versus fear. What, who wins? Okay. <laughs>
1: After the fact, yours was more painful because <laughs> it was a surgery, recovery surgery. Yeah. But during uh-huh. during his was, was more painful and, and took longer also. Mm-hmm. So because we went to the hospital in the morning. You were born in the afternoon. They didn't wait that. They didn't wait long because as soon as they found that you were footling, they were going to get you out of there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so anyways, then you get the spinal. Then they lay on your back and tie your arms down Then they come in and paint your belly with uh, antiseptic and then they shave you. This is in full view of lots of people. Wow. So you're sort of like, there's no modesty yeah. anymore. No, no, this is scary. Yeah, it sounds very scary. Um And then and- um and then they they uh, well I think they put the sheet up first because I don't remember seeing them shave me. Um because they put the sheet up like well, between good. your face. Yeah. So then they shave you. And then um your dad, I don't remember at what point if he was there the whole time. This is weird telling a story without him there. Like, well, you can see to. him
0: nod across the room, being Mr. <laughs> okay. Producer. Yeah, so we can we can get thumbs up, thumbs okay, down he was there the whole time. <laughs> yeah,
1: because okay. when we get to be our age, we're like, dude, was I Were was my mother there? Were you there? Yeah. What happened? Well, yeah. the,
0: the first two episodes of this are being produced with the family audio privilege. Yeah. Um So we have that producer. Okay. So I'm getting
1: confirmation that that the father was in fact in the room during this whole procedure with Uh the the shot and the the shaving and everything. So loads of laughs. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, then they come in and uh, like I said, I couldn't see what was going on, but he did. Mm -hmm. And he's giving me the whole, he looked just like he was having a good time. It's like, this is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it's like, he just gave me the look. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was like, what he described it as, like hey rocky watch me pull a rabbit out of the hat and the guy put his <laughs> arm in there and pulled you out by your feet here yeah. she is yay
0: yeah. um oh they actually pulled me out by my feet like they, yes like
1: yeah okay because they the this, the uh, incision is uh-huh. right above the right above the pubic bone oh wow and then so that's where your feet were so they go in and they, they just pulled pull you me out by, by my feet,
0: feet. that's awesome uh, I don't know why I thought that it would have been more of a oh, gentle no. removal than no, but but like literally upside down like that. By that's re- that's really cool because uh, you know in all movies when babies get born it's this whole thing where they're gently cradling it right after it comes out. And well, I'm that's just when like, their
1: head comes out first. Yeah, that's when working. their head
0: comes out first. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean I figure I, I I don't know what I thought it was, but I didn't think it was uh, being held up by my feet. But that's great. Like I'm his, here for sti- it. He's yeah. Sticking
1: his hand and yeah. and then pulling out feet with followed by the rest of you and then you looked really you looked really little to me because you were much smaller walter was eight pounds four ounces you were just a little bit under seven pounds oh wow so you were a lot smaller Mm -hmm. which annoyed me because if you'd been in the right position you would have done like right out of there
0: (laughs) i appreciate being on deck with the sound effect there mom (laughs)
1: popped you would have popped right out popped
0: popped right out that's (laughs) phenomenal because you were little yeah. Anyway,
1: you were very cute and all that. And we were very, and we, and also we did not know that you were a girl until you were born because we didn't oh. get, um, I wanted to, both of you, I wanted to be surprised. So uh-huh. we were very happy that you were a girl because then we had a boy and a girl. So that was nice.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, now we got to fill in some memory gap for Mazes. I don't remember Trenton at all. My first actual memory of being alive was actually being in the car from Ben Salem to Trenton and you guys telling me Mm -hmm. that I was moving. Um, Could you describe that house and what was going on there in like ages like 0 through 3 for me? Like, you know, maybe like. Uh, Just because I know that the like that house is kind of like legendary in your family because you grew up with four brothers and sisters and it was also a doctor's office and also just a lot of people were kind of just crashing there. Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. um and i'm just not sure like what like what level of chaos was the era like like when you were when you yeah when uh, like zero through three and like what like what walter was doing during that time too because i i just don't i don't remember anything if you could also just like kind of describe how the house was set up too it's like i don't remember that either
1: okay well the the first floor of the house which originally was my dad's office When you walk in, there's a hallway, and then Mm -hmm. to the right is an archway with an open room that was originally a waiting room for the Mm -hmm. doctor's office. So we sort of turned that into a music room, and we put a Mm -hmm. wall up with a door in it so it would be closed off. Right. Um, So that was like sort of the music room. We had the piano Mm -hmm. in that room and just, you know, some furniture, and, and, you know, people can hang out and practice in there. Mm -hmm. And then... The other side of it, there was like a living room and a bedroom, and that's where your dad and I, dad and I had space there, mm-hmm. okay? So when you were a baby, when you were really little, you slept down there with us. I got, I had a basket for mm-hmm. you, which unfortunately, you didn't like to sleep the first few months, so you didn't spend that much time in it. And we also had a swing, which is what you like to be in most of the time. Right, so, right. So you had some issues with sleeping. And I do want to say, you were very cute. I, sometimes I feel like because you had colic and you cried a lot, I, I kind of overdo the dramatics of being you being difficult but you were a really cute sweet baby and we were really happy to have you and all that too you know when and during the times when you were happy it was like oh great she's she's happy
0: <laughs> that's how i feel too
1: <laughs> so and then the colic only lasted three months. And after that, you were like, you were great. But the first three months were kind of hard because you were, you know, colic is like, they don't really know what goes on with colic. They think it's like an immature nervous system or whatever. But anyways, we had, you stayed down there with us. And like most people, I was breastfeeding you and all that. So we had to get up a lot in the middle of the night. So dad and I had a water bed on the floor. It was just a waterbed mattress with four boards around it and we were on the floor. And then you had a um, basket that you slept in next to the bed. And then we had your swing because, we, you know, that kind of calmed you down and you would go to sleep in the swing. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, if I try to take you out of the swing, put you in the basket, the first three months you wake up and start crying. So usually we just bundled you up and left you in the swing. Yeah, it was very slow. It wasn't like yeah. You know? well, the,
0: later on in life, I would go on to be one of the kids at the elementary school that was only on the swings. So, yeah. so, uh, so you, you know, know that never swing. that never totally left me. Like, so um,
1: you know, but I'd put you in a really cozy sleeper with feet, mm-hmm. so you would be warm, and mm-hmm. you know, and then you'd be in the swing. So you, you liked you liked motion. You like to get walked a lot, but that's that's where you slept for like the first three months and then mm-hmm. after that on the second floor of the house when I say your nanny some people think that yeah mean your, nanny, nanny, mean the your gran- grandmother grandmother yeah, yeah. <laughs> her <laughs> grandmother was called nanny so anyway your grandmother's bedroom was in the back of the house mm-hmm. and then next to that was the kitchen and next to that was Walter's bedroom which when you got old enough you went up and stayed in that room too so mm-hmm. we had Walter was sleeping in a bed at that point he was two and a half when you were born and we also had a crib there. So mm-hmm. we had the crib. So like in the morning when we'd get up, everybody would go upstairs and we'd take you and we'd put you in the crib. Mm-hmm. But you didn't sleep up there because you had to be downstairs with us. And so, you know, your grandmother's room, the kitchen, you're in Walter's room because that's where you would be during the day and then mm-hmm. the living room. And then the third floor of the house, there were two bedrooms and a bathroom. And now I'm drawing a blank on whether anybody else was living there after you were born. When, yeah. when Walter was born, my sister was there. um, Oh, really? Yeah. Hattie was living in our house for a little while. But after she was born, was my sister there? I can't remember. I don't think anybody else was in the house with us, just her. So, nobody was really okay. in those bedrooms upstairs. Yeah.
0: So, nobody was in the bedrooms upstairs when I was born. Like, yeah. When you, so, yeah. but when Walter was born, there was still a lot of your brothers and sisters coming in and out. Yeah. So they were like, yeah. Hattie was
1: there for a little bit. Uh-huh. Nick was there for a little bit. Peter mm-hmm. was there. Um, but by the time you came, people had all, you know, gone and and it was just the third floor was just Mm -hmm. sort of like guest rooms for when people came home or visited or whatever got it um and you still have
0: like musicians crashing there and stuff because i feel like that was a constant most of my life but i i don't know maybe when we we were babies not i don't know
1: i don't know was mostly like if if people wanted like if if people came and wanted like my brothers and sisters wanted Mm -hmm. to come and stay overnight then we had extra rooms upstairs but nobody was living there except um the four of us and and your grandmother Oh, right yeah There's oh a tornado
0: there. a tornado hit the house
1: yeah but we weren't sleeping up there so I mean it was enough that you know like we had to put a baby monitor in mm-hmm. in the room where Walter was because we needed to be able to hear him from downstairs yeah and then after you got old enough we when you started to sleep through the night reliably, we would, mm-hmm. we would put you up there too. Oh, and it's worth mentioning this was a
0: duplex in Trenton, New Jersey, yeah. uh, which I, I don't know why I didn't mention that up until this point, but yeah, yes, this, this all this whole, th- this whole scene took place in Trenton, New Jersey, uh, partially on Greenwood Avenue and partially St. St. Francis hospital. And, yeah. uh, yeah.
1: And yeah, she was born <laughs> in St. Francis. I was. Walter was born at Mercer hospital. weren't born at St. Francis. Mm-hmm. So, um, Funny story about Walter when, um, before you were born, if you want to hear a story about that. So, yeah, both when, sort of. so we had to go to, to take, it reminded me, we we're talking about St. Francis. So we went to take a tour of the maternity ward at St. Francis in the nursery. And they said you could bring the older sibling. So he was two, you mm-hmm. know, not two and a half. He was two and a half by the time you we were born. Mm-hmm. So we we're, were like, okay, we're going to go see where your, your, you know, little brother or sister is going to be born and you're going to get to see the babies and da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So we get off the elevator and there's this big statue of St. Francis opposite the elevator who's wearing, like, a black robe. Uh-huh. And he goes, Mommy, look at that witch. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty good.
0: Oh, yeah. The, 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 the witch, the paint, and say. I mean, you know, I've had, Catholicism is arguably witchcraft, but, you know, that's a completely separate podcast that I can do at some other time. But so I anyway, was, I guess St. Francis. Um, oh,
1: man. So, so anyways, yeah. Um, yeah so that's that was the deal and and I stayed home with you and Walter and your father was working at the state and your nanny was still working mm-hmm. and she oh here's here's something that you may not remember that's a good story your nanny's job was she was a public health nurse and mm-hmm. part of it was doing home visits to you know teenage mothers in the city and some a lot of the time she was working at what they called baby keep well stations which is where people would bring the clinics where people would bring babies to get shots and to get physicals and mm-hmm. things and you, you know, this is a little bit later, like when you were walking. So I'm going yeah. to say a year and a half old, or two, or something like that. Yeah, still in training Probably a year yeah. and a half. Uh-huh. um Yeah, because you were old enough to walk and run around and stuff, but mm-hmm. but not really old enough to reason with yet. So I'm going to say right. somewhere between one and a half and two and a half. So I had I would take you to the baby clinics to get the shots. Mm-hmm. Where usually your net na- where your nanny was working, but this one time I had to take you to the clinic and it was all the people that she worked with but Mm -hmm. she wasn't there that day she had to be someplace else Mm -hmm. so i took you and you had this thing at that point in time where if you got really mad or frustrated you would you know have a tantrum and you'd get down the floor and bang your head and and just Mm -hmm. flip out yeah so you didn't like getting shots (laughs) so we went to the baby clinic to get and walter was usually like just standing there going you know what are we going to (laughs) do? So I went to, I said, you know, she's going to get really mad. So went in and and I I was holding you when you got a shot and then you started screaming and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, you wanted to get down. So I let you get down. And then you were running around in the waiting room and like pulling things over and then you're getting down on the floor and banging your head and yelling. So I had to like restrain you and everybody felt bad for you. I felt bad for you too, but it was something that you did before you really got good at talking. This is what the doctor told me is like you were really angry and uh-huh. you couldn't express it verbally but anyway that when everybody went back to the uh it was most when every when all the nurses went back to city hall and saw your nanny's like mary your granddaughter was down there in the clank today that girl tore that place up <laughs> she she, that, she tore it up she was tearing it <laughs>
0: oh my god so yeah that's that's intense i thought that' didn't i get shots in my sleep sometimes though or like, well when you
1: were really she would bring the shots home sometimes yeah oh, right when you were really right. little but that at that point it was like you know she was she needed to get a shot and so like the clinic was in the neighborhood we could walk mm-hmm. to it it was i could just put you in the stroller and walk you up there so I took you and you you really only that that situation with you banging your head and stuff, that was only like right at that developmental age, like six months before you really got good at talking. Right. So I would just like, if, if you had, if you'd got I a hold I like feel I
0: remember something in Ben Salem though. Did it? I, did I ever do it in Ben Salem? Because I, I feel I don't like... don't think so. No?
1: No, it was no. more like, because it would be like if we were out somewhere and let's mm-hmm. say, you know little kids that age or, yeah. pick something up they're not supposed to have. Yeah. You know, razor blade or whatever. And it'd be like, I, I knew <laughs> I had to take it away from you. Yeah. But I also knew that the minute I took it away from you, I'd have to restrain you because yeah, you would I'd get down and bang your head, head on the, on the concrete f- or something. Oh my god. So.
0: Yeah. And then I wonder why some like, of the screws might be a little loose. up No, here. Will, yeah. well, apparently I mean, it's that's... not
1: uncommon. They, they they explained it to me that that happens with kids that um that have. I'm
0: glad it's not uncommon. I would be a lot more concerned. No, no, because <laughs> it's just like because you
1: you can't express yourself verbally yet, Yeah. So. Yeah,
0: I had, a, I had a lot to say, I guess, and. That, yeah. I and would you grow have strong up emotions. A, yeah, I would grow up to be a person that sends eleven page text messages no matter what the situation is. So okay.
1: hooray. But I didn't think you'd remember that. So. Yeah, no,
0: I, I definitely don't. Probably because I hit my head on the ground repeatedly. That's a, that's a great way to not remember something. Well, you wouldn't that's... do it repeatedly. <laughs> I would
1: I would grab you before you did it more uh, than once. Oh, okay. And then yeah. once I so got I just got one good hit in it and then <laughs> And also, once I caught on that, that that's what was going to happen, we would prevent it. It's yeah. Like the minute I, in, unless something happened that I didn't know you were going to get upset about. But oh. usually you can predict it.
0: Solid parenting. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> we had, we had our, our uh, ways to do it. Yeah. And then Walter came, you know, Walter came home too and he's like, Hannah was screaming. Yeah. <laughs> it was so embarrassing.
0: Yeah. Hey, well, someday somebody would pay me to do it on stage, so it all worked out, right? Yeah. You know, we get we get all kinds of cool podcasts where I scream now. It's great. Um, so uh, next thing I wanted to talk about, um, Dad brought up my propensity to run away a lot, and then there was, like, a Sesame Street incident that was of particular note. I mean, do you want to just, like, cover... Me running away in general, like as a topic. <laughs> it's like wherever well, you want to start.
1: <laughs> well, he talked about the sesame the sesame place one, right?
0: Well, no, he didn't talk about it. He said that I should ask you. Oh um, I see. Yeah. Well,
1: it was part it was a lot of it was that you would just get interested in stuff and want to go check things out. And, you know, again, Walter is two and a half and then at the time, say we were going places, say you're three, he's five or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time because I was You know, off in the summer and dad was working, I would be taking you places by myself with the Mm -hmm. two of you. Yeah. And it's really hard for anybody to watch two kids at the same time. And also you had different styles of relating. So Walter would be more like stop and observe things and you would Mm want to take off and look at things. Yeah, So it was hard to do both. Sesame Place, what happened was... There's this thing called the Count's Fount. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the Count's Fount. No. Okay. I
0: mean, most of Sesame Place is kind of a blur. Right. Uh, after, when your core memories stop forming, you start kind of start, start forming. You kind of start being too old to be there in a little way.
1: But, right. So, yeah. Okay. So Sesame Place is like and, – and the other thing is that you take kids someplace like Sesame Place mm-hmm. – they want to explore. They don't want you to hold their hands the whole time. Yeah. Oh, worth know?
0: mentioning, uh Sesame Place is a Sesame Street theme park that it it, it lives in Oxford Valley, Pennsylvania, and I s- constantly have to bring this up to people in New York because they think they don't even know it's there. A mm. lot of people don't like once right. you leave Philly, a lot of people don't know that there is a Sesame Street theme park anywhere at all. Um right. So that exists. And it was a place I went and where the story yeah, takes and still, place. And it still that. is. Yeah, definitely still there. Sorry I did interrupt you. I just realized that was a thing. but Okay.
1: <laughs> Sesame Place.
0: Sesame Place.
1: So uh, anyways, um, they have this this water ele- – there's a lot of water elements. You mm-hmm. you did not like motorized rides until you were much older. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't want to go anywhere near. You like water things, climbing things, but mm-hmm. not going on ride rides, you know, yeah. motorized. So Sesame Place at the time didn't have any when they first opened. They do mm-hmm. now, but they didn't then. And um so anyway, this it was like there was a column in the middle of it that had water shooting out of it, and then mm-hmm. it's like a, an archway that you could walk under and walk around. So it was like a circular thing. Mm-hmm. And then um and there are walls all around it. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, you walked underneath you walked underneath, and I had Walter with me, and mm-hmm. you were pretty fast. So I couldn't quite you kind of went around the corner mm-hmm. and then so I followed you around the corner and then I looked and you weren't anywhere in the pool. So I'm looking in the pool and going, You know, I I didn't see you. So I start calling you. You didn't answer me. I walked around three or four times. I'm looking all in the water, which is where I think you're going to be. And then about the third time around, I just happened to turn and look up, and you're standing on the wall (laughs) laughing (laughs) because you thought that was funny (laughs) because I was just getting ready to go to the park, people, and say I lost my my daughter. So that was crazy.
0: Oh. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, these, these are the things I think about when I wonder if I want to have a kid with my genetics. Uh, I don't know. It's
1: like, <laughs>
0: But it so would that was divine it. justice for you. But it was usually <laughs> like
1: that. And then another time we're at the beach and it was like, you know, I ha- again had you both you and Walter and you he was building a sandcastle and you had your bucket and you wanted to go down and fill the bucket of water up and come back up. And, I, and it was 20 feet. I could see all the way to the ocean. Yeah. So I'm sitting there with Walter, and you go down with the bucket, and you started to come back up, and then you kind of went sideways, Mm -hmm. and then I started yelling at you like, "Come to come straight back up!" But you like something got your attention or whatever, but you (laughs) just started walking sideways, and then I was trying to, (laughs) and then I was like, "Wal," I was trying to get Walter like, "Look," because I wasn't going to leave him by himself. So I was like, "Come with me," because come on, and he didn't want to leave the sandcastle. So by the time (gasps) I got him up, I couldn't see you anymore. You just because it was so crowded, he disappeared into the crowd, you know. So that was. I mean, it always seems like a million years when you're missing your kid on the beach, you know, but uh, probably, I don't know, a couple minutes later, I hear the lifeguard whistle and he's holding you up over his head. (laughs) You had this little, what dad used to call your ruffle butt bathing suit and he's just holding and that's what they do and when people lose little kids the lifeguard just starts blowing the whistle and they just hold them up like you know like the lion king when they yeah. go ah, I, wonder the if, I wonder
0: if that's still <laughs> what they do or if that's what they did in the 90s Um, could, like it, can lifeguards pick up other people's kids still like or I guess get, get them out of the water but yeah like, yeah so but that know, way everybody like, can see, you know everybody yeah. look
1: will look and he's blowing a whistle and, uh-huh. and I was like but oh, nobody had cell phones then or anything right so.
0: exactly so they would have had to like you know just like hold me up and Yeah, yeah, you have to go find me. Yeah, like like
1: the kid auction. Yeah. So there was that.
0: I love that story that my Aunt Hetty thought she lost me in the casino uh, just because I was so prone to running off. And she was just looking around and couldn't see me. And she's like, where's Hannah? And someone was like, you're holding her hand. And she had had like a death grip on my hand. But it was just so family cannon that i run off all the time that it was yeah. like even well at a certain
1: point yeah we, we invested in one of those things that you Kid velcro leashes. around your wrist it wasn't a leash like a dog leash but yeah. it was like you know you put one end around your wrist and you put one end around the kid's wrist and it's mm-hmm. like a telephone bungee cord thing yeah. So that was, that made it better because then you could, you know, I didn't have to hold your hand the whole time, but you weren't going to like take off somewhere. But, but you definitely did a lot of it on purpose. Mm-hmm. You just like to hide. Like in clothing stores, you'd go hide in the middle of the circular clothing racks. Oh,
0: I remember that. No, that I actually, I just remember it. No, that was like a fort. It was, fu- I'm yep. sorry that that happened to you, but it was fun. It was really yep. fun. <laughs> I am so, I'm now re, like, I. you just gave me this whole sensory memory of like fabric being all around me and it being like me touching the mm-hmm. colors and everything. But that's like, that's a great memory for me. That's not a good memory for you. I am so sorry.
1: <laughs> Oh, Whatever.
0: Um, I I never stopped wandering off. Uh, I was I, so if you
1: if you're ever one of those people that are all judgy about people that put children on leashes, just remember this. Okay. Yeah.
0: Just re- please remember hey. this. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put your kids on leashes, if rather than let them put you through this. Who cares? Uh. Did, I wonder if they even like again. I'm wondering like how much is like it was like 90s okay and because I think it was fine. There's no, there's nothing wrong with it, but people now, I don't know, they might
1: the yeah. leash thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't frequent places where people have lots of toddlers anymore. I mean, you know, good so.
0: choice. Yeah, you, you were an elementary school music teacher for a while. Yeah, gave so at the office. Yeah, so. exactly. You don't, you don't want to bring that back home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, okay uh, okay, so. I think
1: people put chips in them now. <laughs> And then they have their phone, you know, as an app.
0: Yeah, Yeah. scanning your kids. Um, So there's definitely, uh, I think that there's two key stories that we need to address uh, before we wrap this up um, that are just kind of Sutton family pastimes. uh, And uh, they are the Jeopardy, we will call this, uh, Mom, would you like to start with the Jeopardy story or the knife story? (laughs) <laughs> these are from my early childhood mind you okay. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> um i think the knife story was maybe earlier um yeah they're both, they were kind both of, ben, they're salem. ben salem they're both yeah.
0: Ben salem because one's a kiddie pool in Salem. the other one i was actually in montessori school at that time it wasn't kinder care it wasn't one of the preschools that no, i was, got removed a... oh it, actually you know what Back up. What was the story with the two preschools that I went to before Montessori school? Because I remember that being some kind of drama that was like...
1: Well, first was Adventureland, which was okay. I mean, it wasn't all bad, Adventureland. It was fine. Um, It was, you know, we were aware by the time you were two and a half years old, you were already like, and you'd had these, you had these foam bath blocks. Yeah. And you already were able to name all the shapes and the colors and... Mm -hmm everything by the time you were two and a half and you were already learning your your alphabet. So it was clear that you were already were going to be ahead in terms of like quote unquote academics Mm -hmm. for a preschool, but you already were showing some signs of needing some more social interaction. I was Mm -hmm. concerned about that. So I really wanted you to be somewhere where it wasn't going to be like really pushy academics, but they Mm -hmm. were going to have a lot. You're going to get outside a lot. There was going to be a lot of social time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so this, Camp Adventureland had a really awesome outdoor space. They had all these really great playground stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a summer camp in the summertime, but in yeah. the wintertime it was... And then they also gave me a deal where if I went and taught music, that they would give me a break on tuition for both you and Walter. And mm-hmm. he was in kindergarten, in private kindergarten. I needed full-day kindergarten because I was also working part-time. So at that time, I was working a couple days a week, and then I would go in and teach music. And Adventureland, it was okay, except for the fact that you already knew all the stuff that they were trying to teach the kids, so you would get bored. Oh. And, and that it'd be like
0: for a while <laughs> until Montessori school, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so they would do
1: like, and and we, you know, it was like a whole year. So the first year, it was like, you know, they kind of dealt with it, but there was a couple things. Like one was, you know, you would take a real, you always took a really, really long time to eat your lunch. You took always <laughs> took a really long time to eat any meal, but especially lunch. So you know. Uh-huh. Pre- preschool they want kids to eat legum half an hour to eat and then they want them to go outside Yeah, right so you'd be only halfway through your lunch and, and you'd be just like would refuse to go outside if you weren't done eating yet so somebody would have to stay in with you and it was oh a problem God. and then you'd have a tantrum if they tried to make you not eat, eat fast. faster yeah oh my so God, dude. so that was a problem <laughs> and they you know it has to start working out a reward system to get you to stop doing that and then um the other thing that they had issues was, you know, they want they want little conformists, let's say, because yeah. it was like a group thing. And then they'd like, okay, we're gonna have circle time and we're gonna learn about the color blue and the shape square and letters and stuff. And you already knew all this, so you'd, you'd be like bored and acting out a little bit. And then they'd say. All right. Well, if you can't, if you're not going to sit here and listen to this, you can go to timeout and you'd be like, sure. And then you just get up and go to timeout. You're like, fuck this.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually one of my favorite things about these preschool stories is that my propensity to like they put me in timeout and I wouldn't regard you it like as a punishment. Out. Yeah, I would just stay there, which, again, persisted through adulthood. Um, right. I put myself in time out on Rockaway beach all the time.
1: <laughs> so then we had to start this whole thing of where they kept a notebook with whether you had good behavior or not. And, and oh it was God. usually your grandmother would pick you up. And if uh-huh. you had good behavior, you'd get treats and so mm-hmm. on, you know, cause we still gave food rewards back then. Um, and I had, you know, for the both
0: times, Slurpees, man, I, I remember those Slurpees. Yeah, I you would get, Slurpee. get Slurpees. i get Slurpees, yeah. If there
1: was a good report, if you had a smiley face in your mm-hmm. book or whatever. Yeah. But it was all stuff like that. So anyways, um, so at the end of the year, they didn't like kick you out, but at the end of the year, Walter was going to be leaving anyway, because mm-hmm. he was going to public first grade. Uh-huh. And um, he was going to go to first grade at Faust in Ben mm-hmm. Salem. Yeah. And they said, you know, we really think, you know, maybe her needs would be met better. At another place, if I remember this correctly, yeah. part of it was that. Part of it was like I, I was kind of struggling with them because I felt like they really weren't being flexible enough with yeah. you. It's like, come on, you know, give give her. it was already like, give her something else to do, give her a book or something else, and it was like, no, they all have to do this. We have to do this at the same time. I do the same activity. Remember,
0: there was some timeout not at this preschool, but the one mm. after it. There was a timeout where I, I literally just a stack of books into time out and i yeah. just read all the books well like, so then
1: the second place was I, um because walter there was a kinder kinder care mm-hmm. next door like basically right next door to where um where the uh where, where that place was where Advent, not adventure where ne- not where walter Adventureland school? was where walter school or walter fastest school, yeah yeah so um it would have been convenient for me to have you there Mm -hmm. and then walter would be right almost literally next door at fast and they also had an after-school care program that walter could have gone to Mm -hmm. um so i tried that out and then you like even in the like we were only there like a maximum four weeks after the first couple weeks your behavior was not good at home like you just were upset all the time Mm -hmm. and and um, the place looked okay, but you were just very unhappy there. And I didn't really care what was going on. So I was just like, all right, we need to start looking at some other places. Right.
0: So, Dad said that I was calling it the bad, the place, bad place when I right. came home. You which were. Which that's really that, – that, yeah. I'm so dramatic. Yeah, yeah. You I'm like – and I actually remember um, – that place I have two memories of it I have me sleeping inside my cubby like I would stuff myself inside of my cubby mm-hmm. um and then later on in junior high would, in, in elementary school I would sit under my desk too I don't know what, right. I don't know what that was all about well it was just um, more about
1: your affect that you were unhappy you didn't like yeah. it there you said it was bad I, I couldn't get anything out of the people that worked there but obviously it wasn't working out. there
0: were, I remember some weird thing where I like jumped off a of play structure or some kid pushed me or something like i i, I don't I don't know um but but if I was curling up in my cubby and calling it the bad place, uh, yeah, you know,
1: so then we looked around and, and um, I found Trevo's day school, which mm-hmm. turned out to be great, so
0: yeah, no, and I'll cover that. Uh, Evans actually in his interview asked me about um Montessori, mm-hmm. he's like, What's Montessori school? I'm yeah. like, So, but yeah, everyone Montessori school is an uh, individualized education uh, thing where the kids kind of are, get individual attention, and then you also have to learn French, and if you're the kind of kid that is uh reading on a third grade level they will just let you go to hang out with the third graders and read with them um, right
1: yeah and they the main thing is even even they they just let children choose their and this is something they do a little bit more of now in public school mm-hmm. where they have centers and stations yeah where kids can choose activities but Montessori mm-hmm. school would be like if, if all they want to do is play with blocks, let them do that if they want to go to something else. So, I mean, it's much more to it than that. You have to be yeah. really highly trained to be a Montessori teacher. But mm-hmm. it was very. And they
0: still make you. You know, they take you aside for reading. You know, yeah, they you had still had to do yeah. stuff. Yeah, but, but when it
1: came time to choose activities, you mm-hmm. can, and then you could definitely, you know, accommodate any kind of sp- anybody who's not going to be a conformist and want to work with the group at the same pace all the time, mm-hmm. which would be kids that are gifted, kids that have that are slower, kids that just learn differently. You mm-hmm. know. All right, so that's Montessori school, and then okay, so that, so I, I still need to get you kind of sidetracked me. So yeah, I no, I mean it was the...
0: important. I realized that was the thing I was going to do. So we're going to we're so going to finish out with those two stories. Okay, yeah, so so, so I'll, yeah. I'll
1: talk about so the Montessori school they had a van that came around to get you, and this mm-hmm. very lovely bus driver named Hilda. Do you remember Hilda? I
0: remember Hilda, and mm-hmm. I also remember that Hilda played XDU country every right. single time, and that is why I was a five year old listening to Mary Chapin Carpenter. Yeah, that was Hilda's fault.
1: So she was great. I mean, everything <laughs> yeah. about that school was great. So um, was anyway, great so Hilda would they, the van would come pick you up and um, and take you to school, and so I get a phone call um, from the school one day, and then they're like, um, yeah, we need you to come in and talk to you about some behavior that Hannah had on the van. So I came in and, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher, of course, mm-hmm. so I'm already like this is the first time I got called yeah. in.
0: Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> for either one of my kids for anything. And so I was like, what was, What well, did she Walter do, you know? Um,
0: Walter didn't do
1: anything. No, not not yet. I mean, easy. he did later. We got, yeah, I know. But I was like, like oh, shit, I started yet. it.
0: That's a flip.
1: Yeah. yeah. Walter I, had a whole sea change of uh, personality when he got to middle school. But yeah. elementary school, he was pretty chill. Uh-huh. So uh, anyways, so I, I go in and they, well, well. She was on the van today, and um, apparently she th- she had a plastic knife, and she threatened some of the kids on the van with it. I'm like, you know, of course I was very upset and apologized. And, and yeah. That was the – I didn't get any con- – kind. I said, like, well, why did she do that? Well, we, we really don't know. Um, and I said, well, I'll go home and talk to her. And mm-hmm. I said, did she hurt anybody? No, she didn't hurt anybody. She just – she didn't say anything. She just so, – she didn't pull this and then. You know, the boys started yelling, and then Hilda had to pull the van over, blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, I'll talk to her, I'll find out what happened. So I go home, I'm like, okay, okay, what happened? So you started crying, you were really upset. And mm-hmm. I said, well, well, tell me what happened. And they, by the way, they gave me the knife and the fork, which yeah. were a white plastic knife and fork that she got a hold of because they were in the, it yeah. would have been in the bottom drawer in the kitchen. Like yeah. it wasn't anything we worried about kids getting a hold of. They weren't, they were like a picnic knife and fork. Yeah, exactly. But they were colored red with magic marker, which I thought was kind of weird. Um,
0: oh, yeah. I did that to make them look scary. Scarier. Yeah, yes. I did. So you, that was explained
1: to me. So I said, um, <laughs> so I called her and I said, what is this? Why did you take this on the van? And she says, well, well, the, those boys, and crying the whole time, those boys said they were teasing me and teasing me and I told them to stop and they said they would only stop if I brought a knife on the van. So I got a knife and I got a fork, too. I didn't ask why. <laughs> fork also. <laughs> I got a knife and a fork. Some mystery men, and I colored them red to make them scarier because they said they weren't going to stop teasing me. So they stopped teasing me, and I and they started again. And then I pulled it out, and then they started yelling, and then he pulled over. But but she, you know, they said it was like basically their fault. Yeah. Know? So I was like, okay, all right, well, just like, don't do that ever again. <laughs> And uh, I went and ex- when I went and explained it to them at school, they they understood because at that point they knew how your mind worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so. I'm
0: just like, no, if you th- you know you want you want a knife fight, I'm coming for you. Like, don't don't try to tell. <laughs> so me. I was like, it wasn't her
1: idea. <laughs> it
0: wasn't my idea. No, like you got no, you know, if you stick you talk shit, get.
1: <laughs> so I had a
0: very early understanding of street code. <laughs>
1: So they did. Yeah. But, you know, if that happened now, probably you would never have been allowed back on the van. But they, no. they were like, okay, they understood when I explained it to them and I explained it. and And I think they probably, did they talk to you about it at school too?
0: Um, I don't, I remember, you know, it's funny. The only thing I remember about any of this is actually coloring in the night. <laughs> <laughs> with the magic
1: marker. So you don't remember <laughs> not the any. drama,
0: no. I will tell you the things that I do remember getting in trouble for at Montessori schools. One is the singing the Monty Python stuff. I got in trouble for singing the Lumberjack song, ever uh, watching at home. The other time um was they were reading James and the Giant Peach to me and it was, this is a whole group they're reading James and the Giant Peach the whole group and she said she was reading about the centipede and she was saying and then the centipede was making obscene hand gestures uh because it's a, that's a part of the book is that like the centipede was like flipping the, it's, James and the Giant Peach is a rolled doll book it's it's messed up okay. um but yeah so they're saying oh the, the centipede had obscene hand gestures and one kid goes what's an obscene hand gesture and I go oh like this and I, I flipped the bird and I got sent to the office oh <laughs> but I was like what i was telling him what it was i'm not <laughs>
1: okay like yeah you know. i don't i don't remember that they didn't know that really i that time.
0: i remember getting really upset no those are the two times i remember getting in trouble the knife thing i only remember coloring so in you don't knife.
1: remember them no I, to I don't you.
0: actually remember them yelling
1: see at me. and the thing is um, that i think that they point. um You know, in today's day and age they probably would have kicked you out of school for a day, not let you ride on the van, but they were like really understanding about it. You know, I think you were three. Yeah. (laughs) You know three. (laughs) three. Yeah, I think you were three (laughs) or four. All Definitely. right. Well, then
0: uh, let's do it because you already did the, me- the memory that you think I don't. Is that is, did we
1: already? That was that? the one with you uh, flipping out at the uh, right. Getting the shot. And then the, right. all the nurses going back and giving your nap. You know, OK, so that's the memory. It. Yeah. So that's the memory
0: that you were pretty sure I didn't remember and you were correct. Um, so let's just like wrap this you, all up. You don't up want with to hear famous... about
1: the, the Jeopardy story? No, that's what I was saying. Okay. We're
0: wrapping this up with the famous Jeopardy story. Everybody, welcome to. The Jeopardy story. <laughs> so,
1: so your grandmother, see your grandmother figures into a lot of this, right? Yeah. Um, so she, you know, she would watch you a lot of the time, you know, when I was working part time mm-hmm. and before you were in school full time. But the, I think this was after school because my memory of you is, is being a little bit older. So maybe you were five, you mm-hmm. know, right before we, five or six even. Yeah. Right? Um, so it, I'm going to say it's like maybe March where, it, where it starts to get a little bit warm, but it's still maybe like 50 degrees outside. Yeah. And the, the back story of this is that you used to watch Jeopardy with her all the time.
0: Yeah, like a lot. So yeah. <laughs> so you
1: were familiar with Jeopardy and the, the, and what the I, categories. And this has been Salem. So what At age? you know, So what do you think? Five or six, Five maybe. or six? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, a little bit older than the mm-hmm. last story. Yeah. Um. So anyway, you used to watch Jeopardy all the time. So you had all that language in your head of how they speak on Jeopardy categories mm-hmm. and yeah. the questions and answers and stuff like that. So um, anyway, so you had... Um, it was like a day where it's like 50 degrees, but it was still really cold out. It was just very early spring, and I, now you, you know your grandmother was would kind of let you go, kind of wander around the house and go out in the backyard. So because we had this backyard that was highly fenced in, even though I I found out yeah. later used to jump the fence and run around the block, but we didn't know that. I th- so I only did
0: that one time. Yeah. But okay. thank you. But thank you could have. I could have, but I only did it one time. Okay. Just per, to see per, if you per could. that
1: diary. Um. um. So, anyways. Um. <laughs> So she would let you, you know, basically go out in the backyard and play mm-hmm. and maybe check on you once in a while. But she didn't worry too much about you getting into mm-hmm. trouble back there. We had a swing yeah. set and things like that. She was pretty laissez-faire with that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I came home from work, and she, your grandmother making dinner or whatever. And I said, where's Hannah? She goes, she's outside. And I'm like, okay. So I go outside, and you're in your bathing suit playing under the hose. And I swear it was 50 degrees outside. It was freezing. <laughs> And nobody had given you permission to use the hose or to have a bathing suit on or to be going under the hose. <laughs> so I was like, what are you doing? Like, get in the house. Like, So I was like, call her. Now you turn that water off, get in the house. What are you doing out here? You're not supposed to be out here in your bathing suit. So you got all upset for getting yelled at you. you ran up in your room and you're crying. And I came in, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why do you think you should be out there in your bathing suit? And you sat up and you you're like hiccuping. And you're like, okay, okay, so there's... There's three categories of why you would wear a bathing suit. And one category would be swimming. And one category would be sunbathing. And then another category would be water protection. And I chose the category water protection. Very indignant.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, you know... It's short, but it's a classic because I, you know, I, it's it's crazy to me that I've been talking like that for that long. Like that's that's one thing that I've started to realize, like kind of going through like for this project through the past and everything. I was like, I know I've, I've kind of had this level of lexicon. In my, I mean, you know, it was patchy at well, first. And, you know, I like, want to wind
1: this up on a positive note. Yeah. <laughs> Looking back over all of this stuff. Yeah. It, even though it was challenging to be your mother, it was always an understanding of you never meant to do anything bad. It was all no. like this, this was a perfectly reasonable thing for me to do given the way that I reason. Yeah. So all of it was, you know, that's Again, why it was continuing funny. Continuing you know? through adulthood.
0: <laughs> I, I, you know.
1: <laughs> so you were always very, you always would stay, you know, always did stuff to like stand up for other people that were being bullied and, all of these things, even the running away stuff, it was not like you were trying to do something bad or get people upset. It was just like the way your mind worked. There's something interesting over here. I'm going to go look at it. This is cool as a fort. So it wasn't that you ever did anything, you know, maliciously. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't believe you ever would have hurt those boys with that knife.
0: No, no. But <laughs> you're you just know, trying to
1: scare them because they told you to bring a knife. You yeah. Know?
0: And, you know, like if you are going to, you know, like don't talk shit if you don't want to square up, I guess, it, like, is three-year-old Hannah says. Um,
1: right. <laughs> so I always, and, and all your, you know, I just always <laughs> really proud of you that you always had an original way of looking at things, you know.
0: Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Okay, I don't think there's a possible better way to end that. Thank you, Mom. This is an adventure. Love you.
1: love you.